Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the K-1 Women's Assistant Director, Beth Ann Lampley. Hello. So good to be back. B.A., I love doing this with you. Oh, thanks, Shay. It's fun to be here. We're talking leadership. This is the spirit leader, and today we're talking vision. Yeah, Shay, th- th- this is really exciting to talk about, and hopefully in this podcast, we prayed before the podcast was over that God would awaken the vision in you. As we all, men and women who are listening, who are followers of Christ, have been called to be leaders. And of all the things that come through the lens of Jesus in terms of being designated as leaders for the cause of Christ is the gift that God gives all followers, the gift of vision. And of all the quotes I've heard about vision, uh, I love Helen Keller's quote when someone asked Curry if there was anything worse than being blind. And she said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but having no vision. And Jonathan Swift said, you know, visioning is being able to see what is invisible to others. That's the way it is. Inspired leaders see the big picture, see the eternal picture when uh, making plans, when making decisions, when working with people. Leaders see the big picture with one eye on what needs to be done today, in a month, in a year, in five years. What will take this organization or this team or this family to the greater places where God wants us to be as a team or as a family or business or ministry? But that leader also, Shay, has an eye for the little things. You know, it was Jesus who said, if you do the little things well, I'll make you responsible for bigger things. An inspired leader, while seeing what this man or woman might become that I'm working with, he also sees or she sees the trash in the trash can. A dad sees his children, his leaders one day, and he builds his kids. He pours into his kids. He encourages his kids. But he also sees the dirty dishes in the sink. He also sees the laundry that needs to be folded, Shea Robbins. He also sees, <laughs> you know, the things in the home that some would delegate for some reason to the wife, who probably is a whole lot more busier, who probably has a whole lot more to do than the husband does anyways. But, but, but you see the, the inspired leader who does the little things well, but also sees the giant things that need to be done in the next five or 10 years. You know, speaking of laundry, Joe, the other day I was teaching the Bible some guys and I and, uh, had a long sleeve shirt on and something started like wiggling around in my shirt. And I pull out a, a sock. It was about three and a half inches long. <laughs> when you got six kids, there's just laundry coming out of your ears. I thought it was going to be a frog or a lizard. Yeah, well, it could have been any one of the above. But, uh, you know, this is, I, I'm really thinking about how vision trickles down as you say that. I There's a quote that's credited to Spike White, your dad. And I need to know, actually know if it's true because I've been crediting to him for about a decade. <laughs> but when I first started at camp, somebody said, walking by trash is like walking by sin in your life. <laughs> Did he say that? 
Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, I'm going to I'm going to keep giving him credit. Then. I've always heard it was the Debbie Joe quote. So Is that right? I don't know. I don't know who who's the originator. Well, but I, I give credit you, to Debbie Joe. The vision is powerful because it affected me and it's affected my kids. My kids will be walking down the street and bend over and pick up people's cigarette butts. And my wife is like slapping their hand, you know, <laughs> I joke, but you just love like <laughs> that attention to detail. I'm so proud of those kids. Well, you know, as a camp director, really vision is is everything. You know, for us, it's where we start with our, our staff. And we know that scripture says without vision and people will perish. And so, you know, at camp, we have really, we've built a mission that we want to build next generation leaders. And it's from that vision that we filter everything else that we're going to do. Um, does this, does this work with our vision as we make decisions? So we want to build next generation leaders. And then we see our staff. I see my staff really as just a big room at the beginning of the summer when they're all sitting in the gym for the first time. I just look out and I'm like, wow, we've got a whole room of Timothys in here that are just like sponges, just ready to soak up everything that they can from, you know, somebody that's maybe just one step or two steps in front of them in life and in their walk with the Lord. And it's our job to cast vision at camp. This is what it looks like to be a disciple and then to make disciples. And so when we train our staff, we don't want to train them just to be, you know, great disciple makers at camp for those three months, but we want to think long-term to, man, we want them to be great husbands, great dads, great moms, great co-workers and leaders within their business. So we really see them as Timothys and we want them to leave and then become a Paul and find other Timothys. And so it's a bigger vision, not just for the, you know, four weeks that they're at camp, but a, a vision of you are a, um, you're a Timothy now. We want you to be a Paul when you leave here to continue to go and make disciples. And so we've got a vision as directors to say to our staff, hey, follow us as we follow Christ. And, and then we really see our kids as the future. We describe them a lot as they're the greatest natural resource that we have. They're the future leaders of our country and of families and homes and the church. And so we want to do everything that we can do at camp to, to pour into them the truth of who they are in Christ. This is your identity. This is the calling that you have on your life. And this is how you can um, live an abundant life and be all that God has um, called and created you to be. So uh, it gets me fired up just thinking about it now, just in a few weeks, we're going to have that opportunity just to start casting that vision. And like we've already said, it's a trickle down effect when, um, when we cast that vision from the top down. You know, as always, um, Shay and Bethann, um, we look to Jesus. We put on lenses when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in our quiet times, and we see Jesus as a leader. I see Jesus with two visionary lenses on. One of his visionary lenses was for his mission, and the other visionary lens that Christ wore was for his men, his team who followed him. You know, for his mission, I think Jesus saw millions coming to him for eternal life. I think he saw Satan's grip on mankind broken. I think Christ call, saw Satan's grip on death broken. I think Christ saw people loving them, serving them, meeting the needs of the folks of all strata of society. I think Christ saw schools 
thousands and thousands of schools in Jesus' name around the world educating children. I think he saw tens of thousands of hospitals around the world in his name taking care of the sick and less fortunate. I believe he saw orphanages all over the world uh, in his name for, for children who didn't have mommies and daddies. I think Christ saw the value of women, raising women up to the place where women deserve to be with equity. I think Christ saw racial equity in a day and time where there was no racial equity, that Christ saw racial equity throughout the earth. And then for his men, for those who followed him, for the women who followed him. For example, with Matthew, Jesus didn't see a tax collector. Folks, he saw a writer. He saw a brilliant follower who one day would write the gospel message. Peter, he didn't see an awkward guy. He didn't see a guy who was uneducated. He didn't see a guy who would one day betray him, one day would deny him. He saw Peter as a church builder. He saw Peter as a sacrificial lover, one who would lay down his life for him. And I believe he saw Peter as a man who would write eloquently of the things of the church, how to follow Jesus. Paul, and, 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 you know, as I tell these stories, folks, you got to see the team that's around you, the family that's around you as a call leader. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your fellow workers. You know, maybe it's the folks on the church team that surrounds you. But a visionary sees men and women as they would become, not as the people they are. Paul was a persecutor. We know that. But the lesson here is Christ called Paul to be one of his most ardent followers is Jesus saw what everybody could become. And all they needed was the spirit of Christ in them, the same spirit that exists today to walk in the lives of everyone that's around you, leaders, everyone that's around you, that's a follower of Christ. The Holy Spirit is in them. And with Christ's eyes, you can see what they might become one day to lead the team that you're on, to lead the company, or to do bigger things, leaders, than you've ever dreamed you could accomplish. Because the way you saw vision in them and spoke life into that vision by encouraging them to be the best they could be. Joe, I'm challenged to be forward, a forward-thinking visionary with my family and my kids in particular, I'm reminded, you know, Wayne Gretzky is widely considered the greatest hockey player of all time. And somebody was asking him, you know, how did you become so great? And one of his comments was, I didn't skate to where the puck was at. I skate to where the puck was going to be. And I just think about like, you know, Ashley and I, we've got six kids, 11 and under right now. And so much of the time we're just grinding and it just feels hard and we're, you know, there's kids that seem to be just struggling with attitude and the way they're treating each other. And at times it can get discouraging. And I, I'm reminded to, to think forward and to, to cast a vision for them of who they, they can become and like how we believe in them, the gifting that we see in them to speak life into those spaces. And then I parent them to that place. And I, I feel like that just helps us get through those rough seasons because kids go through seasons and so do adults. And it helps me to be gracious with them and to be more patient and to, to be reminded, hey, they're a work in progress, just like I am. 
but but I want to share the vision of their future with them. Yeah, I'm reminded of Paul talking to the Philippians, and he said, basically, let us therefore, who have been called into righteousness, let us therefore, who have the Holy Spirit, let us therefore, who've been declared righteous, live according to the manner with which we have been called. What an inspirational thing to think about, Shay, for parenting children they have been called to righteousness. They've been called to purity. They've been called to accomplish great things in their life. And so as you encourage them seeing what they've been called to do and as a parent, you get to help fuel that fire in them. Shay, I've noticed when we talk to teenagers about porn, and you could put this, you know, to college students or even adult men, you know, the, the thing that breaks people of all ages out of a habit with porn or a habit with alcohol or a habit with drugs or any other addictive you know thing in their life is to call them to become what they were made to be you know i go men picture your bride walking down the aisle picture your honeymoon you know you don't want to see a thousand pictures of unclothed women when your wife walks down the aisle. You want to see your wife is the only girl in your mind. And with that vision, you know, kids don't like do's and don'ts. In fact, do's and don'ts aren't very motivational for anybody. But if you can see me is what I might become, then you can motivate me to achieve the vision that you see in me. And leaders, that is the mantra that Christ has put on us. He sees you as righteous. And therefore, as you see others that you're leading with the same visionary eyes that Christ sees, they are a whole lot more likely to accomplish what you see in them one day in their future. Joe, one of my favorite things that we have the opportunity to do at camp is we get to speak worth and truth into the lives of campers until they believe it for themselves. And as I'm sitting here thinking, I've got lots of stories coming to mind, but I can think about one camper in particular. She was on the girl side of camp and just always seemed to come into camp with a little bit of a hard heart. And she had had a lot go on in her life, came from a broken home. Um, there was divorce and remarriage and just some hard stuff that she'd had to walk to at at a pretty young age and um, she was just angry and um, she never, you know, she's kind of that kid that never wanted to be at camp and she made sure that everybody on staff knew that she didn't want to be there and she wasn't having any fun and, you know, all these things. And, but we continue just to see our staff just take time with her and sit with her and just pour, just pour out truth about who she is and that she is lovable. You know, she thought, I'm not lovable. Nobody wants me. I don't have, there's nothing good about me. Um, I don't even, you know, I think she would probably even said, you know, I don't even want to live. You know, she had some of those thoughts and just, um, again, just was angry and had a hard heart. But our staff was just consistent just to seek her out and to sit with her. And every lie that she would proclaim about herself, they would just counter that just with scripture, mm. um, just about who she was and that she mattered. She mattered to God. She mattered to us, that she had purpose, you know, just over and over and over again. And, you know, we never really saw a lot of fruit right after those conversations, but 
I remember one night we had had crosswalk at K1 and um, campers had been spread out all across Apache Field doing devos and talking after our presentation of the gospel. And I start getting text messages from my leadership team saying, you'll never guess who just gave their life to Jesus. And Hmm. it was that little girl. And I remember... (laughs) As they made their way back down from the field, she was literally running through girl's side of camp saying, I have a daddy. I belong to Jesus. And we just, we all just broke and just, Mm -hmm. and just wept saying, wow, God just took the hardest of hearts that we saw, you know, not even just the past two weeks, but she had been coming to camp for a while and, and just saw just God reveal himself to her, you know, and just so cool just to see the consistency of the staff just continuing just to cast that vision of who she was, um, who she could be if she would surrender her life to Christ. Just to see God answer that was a story I'll never forget. But then I remember one time I was over at K1 uh, doing a Sunday morning service for you all. And this little orphan girl was on the front row who I happened to know before I came to see you all in the middle of three or four hundred campers. She was sitting on the front row. um, So precious. And I was so mad. God being father. And she raised her hand and she said, right in the middle of the service, she said, what does a little girl do who doesn't have a father? to call her. To, she, what does a little girl do who doesn't have a father? And I looked over her shoulder just outside the window of the gymnasium in which we were that morning. And I saw my mother over her shoulder. Uh, and then I thought about my wife, two of the most amazing women who ever lived, neither one of them who had fathers. And and I looked at that little girl and I said, I said, boys, and there were guys staff all throughout this gym, these wonderful, big, strong college athletes, you know. And I said, which one of you would adopt this little girl if you could? And every guy in there raised oh. their hand. <laughs> and, and she began that summer, just like the girl you talked about, to see God as her father and awakened her little eyes for the vision in her life that she might have a family someday because she did know what it was like like to have fatherly love around her. That's the purpose of this camp. Um, You know, Shay, good coaches don't just coach seniors well. Anybody can do that. Great coaches, inspired coaches, coach freshmen well. They coach men on the bench well. You know, business leaders don't just become great because they're smart and they're savvy. They become great because they help others succeed. Husbands don't become great family leaders because of their, you know, eloquence or their, you know, good looks or their talents at work, but they become uh, great family guys because they die to themselves every time we walk in the house. It's not about men getting our way. It's about listening to our wives and to our children. Um, it's not at camp, you know, having directing a great camp because we have a great staff and we use them and we wring them out to dry by demanding from them all summer long everything we ask for them to do. That's transactional. But that's not what makes a camp director great. It's having vision for those men and women we work with and seeing them as the people they might become. And as Bethan said, pouring our lives as leaders into their lives every single day, 
helping our staff become the greatest possible fulfillers of God's commission in their life that we possibly can so they can walk away from our camps, so they can walk away from our camps and feel the potential that God has designed those men and women to fulfill. That's what makes any family great. That's what makes any organization great. And that's why spirit leaders are men and women women who have vision for the folks that we work with as our team. Coach, I want to just put out a challenge there for families. Establish a vision within your home. What kind of culture do you want to create? Um, you know, we, we've talked about this many times and just, you know, a simple little strategy that the Robbins family has is that we created the Robbins family values. We got 10 values that, that are posted up on our wall. I talked about them this morning. We talked about that, uh, children are a blessing from the Lord. And we talked about their value, that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. And it's just a little, little nugget. You know, it didn't take long as while we we're making breakfast, but it was it was an intentional effort to cast vision before our kids head out the door this morning. I want our kids to know that they're loved by their mom and dad and that they're loved by God and that their value isn't determined by how popular they are or how successful they are in their grades or uh, on a sports team. Their value is determined by God and it's already set. And so we celebrate that first thing in the morning. Keep going, Shay. What are your other family values? I love this visionary thing you and Ashley do. Sure, Joe. I'd be happy to run through a couple of them. Before I do, I just would love to let you guys know, we we did a podcast specifically on building culture within your home with Adam and Stephanie Donier. And um, so we'll go ahead and post that in the show notes below. But specifically, you know, we, uh, we start off with we're an I'm third family. God first, others second, and I'm third. And what's fun about that is in almost every discipline conversation, that topic comes up. Uh, we talk about God's word being truth. Kids are being assaulted with, uh, with false truth. They don't, they don't know where to stand. And when adversity picks up, they're standing on, on quicksand, and it's just hard for kids to get their footing. So we, we build that into our home. We cast that vision with our kids. We talk about Ro- the Robbins family sticks together. And we want our kids to be, uh, to consider each other their, their best friends. And um, we, we've talked about that from the moment that they were born, we, <laughs> we have pounded in their mind. And if they can't enjoy each other, we're not going to let them enjoy friends because it starts in our home. Um, what else do we have? Uh, another one we're passionate about is that, you know, work hard, play hard. We, we teach them that, that, uh, God created work and he created fun and adventure and play and in everything we do. We glorify God. Uh, there's just a handful of the vision, you know, or the pieces of the vision that we cast for our family. You know, Shay, um, I was thinking about we watched <laughs> we watched Beauty and the Beast this weekend. My wife and I did, and that's so funny. Uh, but but the beauty of the plots of so many Disney movies that are so heartwarming is the beauty of the plot of being a follower of Christ. That is when the hero of the story sees somebody as the person they might become, they actually become the person that the hero saw them to be. 
Folks, if there's anything you get out of any podcast that you get from this little team, it is this. As Dr. Robert Schuler used to say, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am, but I am who I think you think I am. The way I see myself through your eyes as my hero, mommy, as my hero, daddy, as I see myself in your eyes and you see me as becoming somebody wonderful in Christ, that's the person I'm going to become. If you can convince me of that, the flower moms and dads, leaders of companies, leaders of churches, if you see people the way the beauty saw the beast, that's the person that you're going to develop within your watch and within your care. Is there anything more exciting than that? Joe, thank you for that. That's the perfect way to tie this episode together. We want to thank our listeners. Thank you for taking time and in, um, investing in leadership. We pray that the content of this episode would serve to fuel your I'm Third leadership. With that, we love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today with a, a happy heart. Thank you for the blessing of a great example in Jesus. Thank you for the power that you give us through your spirit to do the right thing. And I want to pray, God, that you would give us vision in our homes, in our marriages, um, in the, the relationships that we have, um, our friendships, our workplace, within our church and our community. And we pray, God, that we would lead out as Jesus did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.